Welcome to With Them Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Welcome to Witham's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Cliff, where we provide a perspective on various questions related to insolvency and bankruptcy affecting individuals and businesses. I'm John Liska, and I'll be your host for this session. I'm a member of Witham's Forensic and Valuation Services Group. Our team focuses on the unique needs of individuals and businesses going through a reorganization process, experiencing financial distress, or considering bankruptcy as an option. Today, I'm joined by Ken DeGraw, who is also a member of the team, to get his perspective on the tax issues to be aware of in a bankruptcy. We do need to start out by reminding everyone that the information you're about to hear is general in nature and should not be acted upon without the advice and counsel of a qualified legal representation and financial advisors who can evaluate your unique circumstances. So Ken, welcome. Thanks, John. So I'm gonna pose a couple questions as a prospective client here. Ken, I recently lost a major customer and will have a loss in prior years that I've previously been profitable. Can I get tax dollars back? So the, the, the short answer is possibly. A lot of it's going to depend on how you're organized. For instance, are you a C corporation, a pass-through, a partnership, or an S corporation, sole proprietor? The recent CARES Act reinstated the ability to carry back losses five years um, to conceivably recoup tax dollars paid up to five years ago. And the way it works is you go back to your the fifth year preceding the tax year and work your way forward. Um, so if there were tax dollars paid in those years, uh, yes, it's likely you could get some of them back. Uh, unique thing in this particular act, the way it was put together, is tax rates were generally higher five years ago. Um, so you may be able to have a nice little tax arbitrage here and recover taxes at a higher rate than you would be recovering them now. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that, that deserves to be looked at. Um, you've also got to consider the fact that by doing the carryback, you may be reopening the statute of limitations, which is typically three years for filed return. Um, and you can't just shortcut it and go back three. You've got to go back the entire five. Uh, so you've got to consider the positions you took back then and the potential risk of audit uh, plays into it as well. Great. And in, in general circumstances, what happens to debt uh, that has been canceled or compromised, written down? Um, that's probably a eight-hour seminar all by itself. Uh, so it's called cancellation of debt. Um, and for tax purposes, cancellation of debt is generally taxable uh, to the taxpayer. There are a number of exceptions to that rule, one of which is bankruptcy. Um, and another one is insolvency, and those are the two most common ones that you see. Assuming you can avail yourself of one of those exceptions, what the IRS gives with one hand, it typically takes away with the other. And in this case, what's going to happen is you're going to need to give up tax attributes. So it might be giving up net operating losses or tax credits uh, or adjusting the basis of assets. There's a whole hierarchy that you need to deal with um, to determine what it is that you're giving up, when you're giving it up. Um, when you're considering cancellation of debt. So like I said, it's, it's a, a, a highly technical topic, 
Um, if you've got some debt that's been compromised that you're not going to be to repay, absolutely get yourself a qualified tax professional to evaluate it for you so you understand exactly what needs to happen. Because timing becomes very important um, when that cancellation is recognized uh, and given effect on your tax return. Sure. Well, what happened to filers who, who haven't been filing recently, say over the last three to five years? Um, so Those tax absolutely nothing. <laughs> what ends up happening is, is, is literally nothing. The fact that they haven't filed uh, means a couple things. So first is the statute of limitations has never run. Before I mentioned that on the, those filed returns on that carryback, you, you've typically got a three-year statute. Well, if you've never filed a return, that three-year statute never runs. So conceivably, it's always open for audit. Um, someone who's possibly in some significant tax debt um, and is aware of it and just hasn't filed returns because they didn't want to tell the IRS about it, um, filing for bankruptcy isn't going to fix that. Um, and in fact, filing, it will put the IRS in a priority position to ahead of all your other creditors to recover the taxes that are due in those years. Excuse me. So um, having not filed returns is not going to help you out uh, by filing for bankruptcy. Or I should say filing for bankruptcy is not going to help you out for unfiled returns. Sure, that makes sense. Um, how about some other types of taxes? What, what if I haven't paid in a withholding taxes or sales tax for uh, my employees as a business owner? Uh, would those be something that would be discharged? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, and so, and similar to the previous question, there's a couple of issues here. First of all, withholding taxes and sales taxes are called trust fund taxes, uh, meaning you are collecting those taxes on behalf of either federal government or the state government or potentially city government uh, from your employees or your customers. The fact that you're not remitting those taxes is a significant issue, is not dischargeable in bankruptcy and carries potential personal responsibility. So irrespective of the fact that you've got a corporate umbrella around you, and typically everything stops at that wall, um, these what are called trust fund taxes, sales and uh, withholding, pierce that corporate veil and they can go after you uh, individually. In fact, the federal government has um, a 100% a, a penalty that they will assess on individuals for not having remitted the withholding taxes. It's pretty steep and it's not easy to get around it. All right, great. So I'm gonna to have to pay those debts as a business owner. Um, but what about the other debts? You know, I'm structured as a partnership. How, how would the other debts that are subject to being discharged, uh, how would that be affected? How would that impact? Right. So as I mentioned before, under, under the cancellation of debt rules, it's going to, a lot of it's gonna depend on what type of entity you are. So if you're a, a regular corporation, the cancellation of debt is recognized at the corporate level, um, and the corporation will give up its tax attributes. Same rules for an S corporation. Um, well, an S corporation does not typically have tax attributes. Presumably, you've got suspended losses, and those will be reduced for the losses you haven't been able to take. Partnerships carry a unique issue that's not prevalent or, or, or present, rather, in other types of business entities. And that is that even though the partnership itself may have cancellation of debt, 
it's going to pass that cancellation of debt through to the individual partners, as it does all other types of income. The individual partner then needs to make a determination as to whether or not they qualify for, under the bankruptcy exception or the insolvency exception or one of the other ones in determination of whether or not they need to include that cancellation of debt income into taxable income for themselves. So you can literally have a situation where one taxpayer or one partner rather is able to exclude the income and another partner is not and gets tagged with the tax bill on their proportionate share. So it's a, an, a tax ramification that people aren't thinking about and can really hurt them pretty bad. Sure, important to consult with your advisor then. Absolutely. Uh, sticking with the business perspective, um, is there a benefit of being a S corporation or C corp? And is there an ability to change my election prior to filing? And if so, is there any benefit from, from that? Uh, so great question. So uh, S, S corps are a, an affirmative election made by the, the shareholders of the corporate entity to be taxed as an S and to have the profits and losses passed through to them. Um, LLCs can make a similar election to be taxed as a corporation and then taxed. Um, so they're making two elections. First, to tax as a corporate entity and then second, to be taxed as an S corporation. Um, once those elections have made you cannot change them as you enter into a bankruptcy or after you've entered into a bankruptcy. Uh, it's the tax attribute is considered property of the estate. Uh, and it's not something that can be unwound within the, the context of a bankruptcy. Uh, and the trustee would look to unwind it uh, if there were a trustee appointed. And there have been a number of court cases that have addressed this specific issue. Great. And I have just one more question for you, Ken. And the last question I'm going to, is going to focus more on a property that's been foreclosed. And um, in the event that does end up happening, are there tax implications related to that? So, yeah, I, like most things in taxes, there, there's always a maybe. Um, probably the best example I can give you is a personal residence. Um, a, the, 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 loan, the mortgage was not paid. The, the mortgage lender went foreclosed on the property, sheriff sale, whatever it might have been. Um, there are two things that come into play in, in that instance. One is the cancellation of debt rules. So if we're in a bankruptcy, cancellation of debt, I don't need to include that cancellation of debt in income. Um, the issue comes in is, does the debt exceed the fair market value of the property? If it does, and the debt is recourse, meaning the individual has some personal responsibility for that obligation, then there may actually be a taxable gain here. Um, it's a nuanced rule um, that your advisors need to take a look at uh, and see if it qualifies. Now, you may still have a, a, a quote, get out of jail free card in that even if you have a taxable gain in that situation, section 121 of the tax code provides for that half a million dollar exclusion for a married couple on the disposition of a personal residence. So assuming your gain is not greater than a half million for a married couple, you're still not paying any taxes. So you've got a couple of layers that you need to jump through. To de first is determine is it recourse or non-recourse. Second is the, uh, is the debt greater than the fair value of the property. And then third is the amount of the debt, or I'm sorry, is the amount of the gain greater than the section 121 exclusion that you would otherwise have available to you. Um, so, like a lot of things in tax law, 
get the help of a knowledgeable professional to help you out um, and do that analysis before you enter into the transaction so you know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely, Ken. That sounds like quite the headache. Well, I hope everyone found the information on the tax issues to be aware of in bankruptcy helpful today. Uh, should you have any specific questions regarding your unique circumstances, please reach out to a member of our team. Our contact information can be found at withham.com under the Forensic Evaluation Services. This episode, as well as others in the series, can be found at withham.com. I thank you for listening to Witham's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Club. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at witham.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M.com.